Broadcasting from the Hair Saloon corporate offices, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives regarding men, women, sex, and love. Today on the show, Andre Parody is back to answer questions with me from listeners about their relationship questions and problems. But first, I have an important announcement. My numbers for this podcast are growing every day, and the show regularly reaches the number one slot in society culture on the Potomatic platform. However, I'm unfortunately losing my sponsor due to COVID and now have to decide how to proceed. I either get additional advertising, which will interrupt the show considerably, or I can rely on your support via Patreon. Think of how Channel 9 and NPR operate. Minus the political bent, that is. And that's basically how I need to proceed in order to keep The Suzanne Venker Show alive. So with that in mind, if you'd hate to see this podcast disappear and would like to see it remain commercial-free, please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. There are four very economical levels, and all you need to do is go to thesuzannevenkershow.com. That's the Suzanne, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E, V-E-N-K-E-R, show.com. Scroll down just a bit until you see the Become a Patron button in the middle of the page. It is that easy. Please do not assume that other people will take care of it. I know how tempting that is, but these days the power really is in the people's hands. I'd hate to see this countercultural platform disappear. There aren't many like it. Welcome back to the show, Andre. Good morning, darling. It's so nice to see you. So, I mean, hear you, I guess I should say, although I can't see you. I'm sorry, others can't. You know, it's only been two weeks, so this is this is a great treat to have you almost back to back here. So thanks for coming back. I think, um, as I said earlier in my intro, that um, I wanted to do something a little different this time and have you and I just strictly answer questions from listeners um, that they have about their relationships or their relationship problems or whatever their questions may be. And so I collected a whole slew of them in advance. And that's all we're going to do today is just answer those questions. Sound good? Love it. Totally love it because these are, for them, actually the juicy stuff, right? Like direct questions like how yeah. do you blah, blah. So exactly. Exactly. Good service. Um, good service. Is there anything Absolutely. you want to uh, say real quick about how your life is going out there before we get going? Anything? Well, I live in different? California. I'm in Los Angeles. It's sunny again, beautiful. I have nothing to complain. I'm just... Life is good, and you know it's very, very hard to feel suppressed. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, well, considering what's going on know, in the country, that's pretty impressive. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I'm yeah. in my beautiful backyard. You know, like okay, like this is horrible. Not, <laughs> you know. So I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm Seriously. trying very hard to. Um, I mean, every day is just such a struggle to read the news. So I'm trying really hard not, like, not to read it or watch it. But then on the other hand, not yeah. to the point where I'm clueless because that wouldn't work either. So. It's right. a hard it's a hard line right. to, to, to try to figure out. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Question number one, and I'm going to turn actually this one over to you because it's really more of a question for a man, which is why okay. um, it's better if you answer it. The question is, what attracts a good man to a woman? <laughs> which I guess the person is That's saying, annoying. running to distinguish that between just a player type who will just go for any type, I guess. I don't know. I guess that's what she means. He or well, she means. Yeah, million dollar question. Right? A good man is always defined by, you know, the guy who's going to do all the right things. Right? The guy who shows up, the guy who's solid, the guy who's accountable, the guy who has a job, the guy who has a plan, the guy who has a mission. Yes, yes, yes. yes, and yes that's yes. all the characteristic, yep. you know. So how do you track a guy like this? You know, typically, I'm going to say, if we're going to generalize, 
men. There's also types of men, and I think you and I talked about this. In my world, there's three types of men. There are masculine men, man-man. There's guys. There's somewhere in the middle, and there's boys who are, you know, what I call the players, the ones you stay away from, right? So that's a first distinction because, you know, having a penis does not make a man. Right. I hate to say it. It just doesn't. So if you want a real man, and what I mean by that is a guy who has those characteristics of handling his life and being on point, having a purpose in life and stepping into whatever it is that he's up to in the world, these guys need, you know, the feminine to sort of like – ease them up, even them out, sort of balance them, right? Like like a man is a man until he meets a woman and then he becomes a gentleman. Mm, very much so. You with me? Yeah, so, because women civilize right. so women. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I was just going to say that. In a lot of ways, you civilize us. You bring us out of our pushy, building, conquering, fighting ways and sort of bring us like sort of more like, oh, wait, hold on, like maybe you should – you know, have you thought this through? And, you know, there's people around and you can't be this much all the time. And, you know, you have to consider others so that women civilize us in a lot of ways. So that part, a good man naturally is looking for that. So it's interesting because a man, well, they, they say this over and over, not necessarily in those words, but it's the same meaning that men, good men are looking for women to sort of give them a sense of Bigger, bigger than themselves, a certain spirituality in the world about life. Purpose, maybe? Right? Purpose, mm-hmm. but also like a beyond myself, like sacrifice, you know, for the bigger good. And that's as often family, that's mm-hmm. often, you know, putting down his player's kind of lifestyle and sort of like, you know, clamping down his sexuality and in, in, in ways that he wants to like wrangle that in. And hold himself accountable for being a good guy, you know, and that makes him proud to be the guy to be able to do this. So, what men are looking for is a woman who brings that part to him, right? So, a woman who's actually gets him, supports him, believes in him, right? That sort of brings back, brings him into his "I can do this." She believes in me, right? Alleviate his self doubt, and all of a sudden, she becomes like his believer and in that she's his um the inspiration for him to step in at that and all the sacrifice that it requires does that make sense it ma- yeah it makes perfect sense to me i i assume that's what this Beautiful. person meant when he or she said what attracts a good man to a woman and not the other way around um you know the first thing i thought of is this is a person who's asking about how it's so much harder to just uh, find the good man because the numbers are so much fewer because of what's happening with men in, in this country. Yeah. And there's just yeah. no question about that, that with the numbers being smaller, I mean, it's, it's just like anything else. It's, it's the, it's a numbers game to some degree, but I think, you know, I, I guess your, your point is that it doesn't really matter where you are. If you're just bringing this energy to the table, it will ultimately find you. Right. That- and the and the, and the man, and the good men will be actually be able to spot that. Yes, that's well, my point. Yes, exactly. Especially that's, you know, that's right. what you get to attract. Right. So if yeah. you picture if you picture the majority of women today being in their masculine, which they are, and then right. you all of a sudden have a, a a woman who's not, well, obviously she's going to stand out. Straight yeah. up. You know, and as, and I guess we understand the balance, right? She has to be someone masculine to handle a lot her life. However, in the world with man with a partnership with a relationship, no, you know, you got to calibrate that and sort of, and that becomes a dance. 
And you know yeah. what else is interesting that I just just thought of the second when you were saying this mm. is, you know, you know, we, we both talk often about having to switch gears, right? So if mm-hmm. you're at work, you're going to be exuding one energy, and when you in right. the evenings and weekends, presumably a different one. But then you have the issue of men and women who are working together, right, in the office. And of course, you cannot be in your feminine then. Well, I mean, I, maybe you can, yep. but typically speaking, we don't. And um, the people, the men, if that's why dating in the office environment is so interesting because you're not really able to utilize the gifts that will foster that dynamic when you're in the workforce, which I, which is why I ideally think it's a terrible place to, to even, I don't like the mixing at all, but I know it's inevitable right, no. because I, I think most people would say, where, how, where the hell else are you going to meet people if they don't want to meet right, them in like bars? 30- Right, thirty percent of relationships actually will start, you know, somewhat around the work uh, settings because that's where you spend a lot of your time, and they spend a lot of their times. And then, you know, you go, "That person's interesting, and she's kind of cool," you know. However, for it to develop into some kind of romantic thing, you know, you got to step, you know, you, you got to step that out of there. I know, right? like so- men, men on men in the office doesn't work. So I tell the women, it's interesting. There's a guy at work that you think is cool, interesting, that he's got his life together, like he's got all the you know, potential that you're looking for, he won't be able to see you as a woman as long as you're working. Right. However, I say this all the time. It's like, you know, there's moments throughout the day in the coffee room and the, uh, in the break room, right? Feel that crap off and be a girl, mm-hmm. right? And then radiate with that around him. He's going to go, ooh, right? And when your work is good, like in the coffee room, in, la- in the lunchroom, downstairs in the cafeteria, across the street in the coffee house, whatever, like there's these moments all over the place where you can be around him and change your energy when you're not working. Got it. And that's when he gets to see like, wow, this woman, mm. you know, and she's got her stuff together. See it? Yeah. Okay. You got you to be super aware of that. And it's like, that's when things are possible. <clears throat> yeah. Super aware being the operative word, because then you have to, of course, constantly be aware of shifting gears throughout the day. So yeah, that's it. That's interesting. Okay. So this next question has to do with, <laughs> this is kind of funny because I'm working on an ebook about this, red flags, Ooh. or more specifically, how to know whether or not he or she I would add she, because we never hear them about mm-hmm. so much about that, is marriage material or not. So I have, uh-huh. um, I actually wrote wrote an article just a couple, two weeks ago, I think. It's on my it's on my site on my blog called "Is She Marriage Material?" And oh, I saw that. Yeah, well, I mean that's not something you you know <laughs> it's all, it's normal to ask if he's marriage material all day long, right? But God forbid you turn that right. around. Right, right. So naturally, right. I turned it around because <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> And um, the gist of that piece was really to say, hey, to me, the biggest bell when you're dating (laughs) is whether or not that gal can talk about, A, anything else besides her career. There's your one big red flag right there. And B, what her goals are. If her goals are literally the same, I mean, if if the goals are, if they revolve around education and career exclusively if that's 90 percent of what's coming out of her mouth there's your signal right there there's just no there's not going to be any place for family and even if she changes her tune on that well first of all you don't you want to bank on that you know you don't want to bank on someone changing down the road you want to you want to know right then hey what are your goals um to me if it's if the person is not family focused and that is the goal or the priority in life, if it is for you. I'm, now, if it's not for you, that's that's fine. But if it, if your goal is to get married and have a family and settle down, to me, that's just the most obvious, um, uh, well, I guess, red flag. 
If they're not, if, they're, if you don't, I mean, it's just so easy to me. It's like, just run, run. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's also a concept that's interesting that's out there that doesn't work at all. The idea of badass couple. Oh, yes. Like, the the uh, power couple. The power right? couple. Right. Power couple. Right. Power couple. Like she's going to be all that. It's going to be all that. And, you know, and it sounds like a good idea, you know, in the name of equality. Right. She gets to have a career. He gets to have a career. They both work their balls off and blah, blah. Excuse my friend. Um, however, like the data says the same thing over and over is that they don't last. They actually completely collapse. These relationships do not work. Of course. Because they're masculine and unmasculine. So they typically make a ton of money, right, for about 10 years, but she's a man and he's a man. And ultimately, their intimacy and his sensual sexual energy, it completely gets faded away. Mm -hmm. And there's no feminine in the room. And they both, this is very interesting, they, it's like it's by the book. They both, Within about ten years of a good working relationship, both end up having affairs and sleeping with somebody else because they, they have zero energy dynamic between them. So and also the opportunity couple, the opportunity is double when you're both in the workforce. If that's all you're doing is working and you're not building a home together, then obviously your opportunity for but, for messing around is much greater. But it's also not even like a it's not even a thought process. It's not like it goes you know like, like it's literally like like losing complete polarity with that person. And again, marriage is about polarity and, you know, the masculine and feminine, the dance, the magnetism of the two. And when the, the, pole, the poles are both the same, positive, positive, masculine, and masculine, it's always the same. So it's not even their fault. They think it's, it sounds like a beautiful idea. It sounds like fantastic in the name of equality. Always fails. Never works out. No. That's Never right. And I, see it, it. and I so. see it left and right among the millennial generation who are very, yeah. very prideful of this mm -hmm. idea of this life that you just described, um, yeah. especially the men, they, 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 they don't, I mean, <laughs> I, I laugh because I can never figure out whether they, uh, how do I say this? I guess there's a mixture of both, but where you fall into it thinking that is going to get you more <laughs> points, score you more points with your gal. Cause you're so quote unquote supportive of that. Or if you right. really do genuinely think that's a great plan, <laughs> Um, and and give it five or ten years, and all of a sudden it is falling apart. I've watched it happen, and there's yeah, no, no – they don't understand that that whole plan did not work. And so when they were dating, they didn't notice it as a red flag because that's just normal. That's just what you do. Right. It sounds like a great plan. On paper, it's a yep. great plan. Logistically, there's data and data and data on this. They all crash and burn. You know, and this is why people have now instead of like one long relationship for 25, 30, 45 years, they have three or four that are 10 years long. And there's a devastation every time they break up and kids in the middle in the name of, yeah, you know, power couple. Um, now, obviously, obviously, there are other red flags. That was the first one that came to mind. Another one is um, the relationship with the prospective person's family of origin. I think that's a really mm -hmm. big one that's overlooked. Um, you just don't, you, you don't think necessarily that that, you know, you, you think of the person as well, they're, they've been raised, they're out of their home. And so you're there on their own and you just measure them based on what you're seeing now. But all too often those, those relationships with the family of origin, especially the parents, but it can also be siblings and how you were raised comes out <laughs> later. My mother used to Boy. say, my mother used to say to me all the time, you can't know everything. Things just come out later. They just come out 10 years, 15, 20 years. And what she meant was, you know, you just, you don't, you, there's some things you can't necessarily see. However, if you know 
that they're, it's going to matter down the road, it's important to find someone whose relationship with their parents, especially their opposite sex, opposite sex parent, has yes, not been absolutely. so damaged that, yeah. um, that, that, that you're already having problems. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. Like, you know, the primary dynamic with your, as a male, is your mother, as a female, is your daddy. Mm -hmm. So if that is like, if there's complete, you know, hatred, drama, chaos over there, you know, Houston, you might want to think this through a little bit because you may have a problem very quickly. And that's, this is not, you don't have to think or project very far or say, well, that's not typical. You can't put everybody, well, no, but the statistics are the same thing, right? It's all... We, we we recreate what we know. So if you have chaos as a kid with your, you know, your family, your parents, your, you know, you, this is what you create. Yeah. It's just your brain doesn't know a difference. Those were the two, um, Sad. those are the two biggest that I, that I thought of. And then there's a lot of little ones, of course, like I, I think another good one is watching how people treat service people. This goes for both oh, the yeah. man and the woman, right? When you character, go out for dinner. Character. Yeah, character, like how absolutely. do you treat the people who are serving you? You know, the whole service industry, I think that is, God, I mean, I think back about people I've seen and treat them like they owe them something versus those who are so grateful for that. The, the difference is so profound in the person who gets that and the person who thinks that service yeah. person is there to, to take care of your needs. It's just huge. Well, again, character, right? It shows yeah. character. Like, look at who you're dealing with is right there. This is who they are. There you go. You know? And my favorite thing is something I've learned myself the hard way, that you see somebody treat somebody like this, and you go, oh, well, that's kind of odd. And or, you know, I've, I've said that. Like, you know, it's not going to happen to me. Like, that's my friend, right? They, And sure enough, yes. sooner or later, guess what? Yep. So people, are, when they show you who they are, just believe it. And here's something. I have a story of somebody who I knew mm-hmm. – uh, I mean, somebody I know, and this is not a male-female thing, but it easily could be. She, her, this has to do with money, which of course is huge and critical for a marriage. Um, she noticed Absolutely. her friend, she was leaving a hotel room, um, I guess it was some girls weekend, and there was a full unopened bottle of wine that, when they were cleaning up and leaving, getting their stuff together. And they all saw that it was there. And she's like, oh, we need to get that or whatever. And they said, oh, no, just leave it there. And it wasn't a cheap bottle, apparently. Mm. Now, and now, again, this is not a male-female thing, but you, you think about the mentality of somebody who would leave an expensive bottle of wine there that is yours just because you can't be bothered to pick it up and take it with you versus someone who isn't. That's a much bigger deal than it may seem at the time, Right. That's gonna. Seriously, that is going to dramatically affect the rest of your life and how that person <laughs> approaches so many things related to money. Right. Right. right? So had right. that been a boy girl situation, again, that would be a real red flag. Something to look at. Seriously, absolutely wow. interesting. And people show you who they are all the time. Right? All the Just time. Don't. Don't, don't sort of. And again, I've done this. Right. Like, oh well, you know, it's just like this yes. one instance. Yes. Yeah, no. no, no. <laughs> That's, this, this is who they are. Yeah. And it can be really right? hard when you want it to work to just. Dis- That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. That's what makes the red flag so, so hard. People see them, but they don't want to face them. And then it just comes back to bite them. So yeah. this one's from Dave. And this made me think about you and I, the way you and I raise our kids. Um, Andre, because we did a session on that once a while back, because we each have a daughter and a son, and I think we raise them very similarly. We have even have an episode called that you, sh- yes, you can and you should raise your sons and daughters differently, right? Differently, 
Um, okay. This, uh, so Dave asks, what is the best advice that I can pass on to my three boys about dating and navigating the feminist culture? How can they not compromise on their masculinity and withstand the accusations of toxic masculinity? Oh, I'm gonna let you start with that. And then I'll tell you what I've done with my son. Sure. Well, I'm sure know, we've, I'm my, sure whatever you said is exactly what I've done with my son, what my husband and I have yeah, done. Right? So it's probably the same answer. When you understand that the idea of toxic masculinity is really just a power, you know, a power play from the other side just to somehow, uh, you know, the idea of taking back power because it's been unfair this whole time is such crap. It's complete crap. It's not at all how that works. So for my son, the way I raise him is, you know, you know who you are. You know, you know your character. You know you're a good guy. You handle your stuff. Don't let anyone, anyone ever shame you because you're a guy about this, right? You don't need to be a girl. You don't need to act like a girl. You will never talk and think like a girl. And that's exactly the point. What you bring to society, to the world, to your life, who you are, you know, comes from within your core beliefs and who you want to be in the world and what you want to bring. Do not let anybody shame you out of this because you don't do it like a girl, because it should be sweeter, because you should be like, you know, um, more passive and letting people tell you how to do it or that you do it wrong. I had a, I had a, I was in a workshop, men's workshop years ago, and it was this elderly guy, right, who started choking in the middle of the thing because we're basically the whole time we were kind of addressing the fact that as a male, you just got to, you know, being internally motivated, you kind of do what you think is important for you, to you, for your life, for your family, for your kids. Right? It's all about your value system and what you're going to bring and what you're going to fight for. And he was – it was a guy who had a, a wife and three daughters. And his entire life, he says, the moment the kids were born, you know, with the help of his wife, they told him there was something wrong with him, that he should be more sensitive, that he should be more talkative, that he should stop, you know – like being so quiet that he needs to come out and you know he needs to share his feeling and needs to communicate more and, and tortured him and thinking that it was something wrong with him. Ultimately, when we kind of gave him permission to just be himself in you know, a group of men and sort of lined back into who he is and what's important to him for his family, for the for all of them, but from the perspective of his masculinity, he started crying. He choked. Yeah. It was unbelievable because he never had permission to be a male. But here's the thing. So, and I think about this a lot. My husband and I talk about it a lot. So you, you and Nancy and Bill and I raise our kids the same way in terms of this mm-hmm. mindset. So one of the things that I hear endlessly from parents who send me emails is, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe the way young women treat men today. They walk all over the men and the right. boys don't stand up for themselves because they've been conditioned to take this crap. I can't imagine my son taking it. I can't imagine yours. But what, <laughs> has it? first of all, has it ever... Especially because you're out in California, and I, I, I keep, I keep Amen. imagining it's worse than where it is in the Midwest. So, how? Right. So does he? Does your son come up against fewer of those women because of what he represents, or has he had to push? Has he had to deal with that and get rid of them? If that makes sense. Yeah, no, he's. It's interesting because his girlfriend has got a girlfriend for two years now, right? And she's exactly a copy print of my wife. Okay. 
She's sweet. She's feminine. She's funny. She thinks he's funny. She laughs at everything he does. Like she's like she believes in him. Like everything that basically I modeled for him with my wife is exactly what he went and reproduced, which is beautiful. So his girlfriend doesn't shame him for being a man. She actually loves the fact that he works so hard and everything he does. So he works at Home Depot, and again because of the way he was raised and the fact that he's had a sense of himself since he was like an early teenager. And yeah. like I said, he has a he has a swag to him. He has such confidence. Right from playing basketball and handling his life, it's, it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful, and he's a very quiet kid at the oh same time, but he owns it. He owns it. You right? have just literally described my son. I mean, it's, well, it's really scary how <laughs> how on the money. Not only not only that, he works in a hardware store, just like I mean, you said, Home Depot, and right. he played hockey, and he's got that quiet confidence. It, that's really amazing. Um, but see, and then I wonder, well, well, they'll never have to deal with that kind of woman that I just described a lot of my friends, not friends, a lot of my um, right. readers who write to me because they don't exude it. I guess that's, well, I'm going to assume that's yeah. what will happen. He's still young. First, people are concerned, like, there's a sense about that because of who he is that you can't push him around. Like, he's like, yep. you know, you see a brick wall, you're like, hmm, I probably shouldn't try to tackle that. He just doesn't move, right? So they, energetically, there's that going on. And when some crazy, because he gets that, he works in the, you know, retail store. Yeah. And he call, you know, they call him Karens. When the Karen comes at them, <laughs> you know what a Karen is? Yeah, I do. You, you mean know? you mean my generation, Generation X? Well, yeah, is but it? a shitty, a shitty white woman, like Karen. There's oh a Karen. no, I didn't know that. I, I... That's a that's a Karen. They say if, if anybody calls you a Karen, it's yeah, a I've been called a Karen. Thank you very much. Oh, I thought that was I thought that, that just meant because I was fifty two. I thought it was an no, age that mean, thing. That means you're like one of those entitled, bitchy, like yeah. you know, like just kind of run somebody down <laughs> because you're entitled older white woman and everybody should kiss your butt. Uh, oh my, that's that's not yeah. me at oh, all. They're okay. horrible, right? So that's what they call him. Here's a Karen coming at me, and he okay. goes, "When Karen comes at me, he just looks at him, and he goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm." Not my department. I can't walk you over there or whatever. And he's sort of because again, his and I've raised them. Do not take any crap from anyone. Right? Don't let anybody shame you out of yeah, anything right. that's not yours to own. If you mess up, that's different. You own it. You fix it. You fix. You know what I mean? But if somebody just wants to like run you down because you're supposed to, you're an employee and they have the right to, don't. You know. Yeah. And so he and just he doesn't. Yeah. So I guess. So this question, going back to this Dave's question, the best advice about passing on, you don't even have to really so much focus on feminist culture per se. You just, I mean, you don't even have to talk about it so much as just that whole encouraging and teaching him to be who he is will automatically yeah. help him withstand what he's going to see. He is going to see it, of course, when he goes out in the Absolutely. world. I mean, I worry. I don't worry, but I mean, I know that's coming um, because my son is still sort of, He's an all boys school, right? He's going off yep. to college, not this year, but next. So once he goes to college, all of a sudden the yeah. real world's going to be in his face. And mm. I'm, um, I'm not worried about how he's going to handle it in the least, but I'm saddened in, in that I hope it's not majority. Yeah, you know the other way because I, I want him to. I don't know. It, it, I don't know. We'll find out in a few years. But typically, like I said, typically because they have such a sense sense of themselves, they they inst like naturally won't take any crap, you know. And he'll just it'll just roll off his he'll back. Just walk, he just won't care. Roll, I mean, roll yeah. off his back or walk away. Yeah. Like, you know the best the best you know um, argument and gets stupidity is to walk away and then just they just lost and you just. And it's don't, I don't know don't why eat. it's so hard to teach. I mean, it seems I don't feel like it was difficult. 
But again, that goes into the single motherhood thing or the dad's not being around because my mom isn't going to necessarily on her own raise her son in this same way with the same message. I mean, I'm sure some do, but I don't know that that's the norm. So you have a lot of these boys who think they're supposed to kowtow to whatever, whatever the women say and the women take advantage of it. And next thing you know, I mean, that's where I'm getting these these emails about, oh, my God, these relationships, these girls are just treat the boys like shit and they just let it happen. That never would have been the case 40 years ago. I mean, there were always people like that, but not. Right. it wasn't the norm. It wasn't the norm, seriously. Okay, so, moving on. So this one yes. is from Leah, and she wants to it, know, well, I'll, I'll read you exactly what she said and then I, what I think she means. What can romance be from a man other than what we see in movies? And I think she means, what is romance to a man? Because we always hear about, you know, that's a woman thing. But what is romance to a man? I think that's what she means. I hope that's what well, she means. That's, that's an interesting question. You know, again... If anything, maybe men don't care about romance at all. You're the man, no, so I'm no, going to turn I, that I one think, to you. I think, I think men are naturally... You know, the idea of romance for a man is typically the idea of surprising you, pleasing you and surprising you. That's why men really hate Valentine's Day because there's no surprise there. There's no spontaneity, mm, that's right? That's masculine. So men love to surprise you and be spontaneous and go, look what I planned. Boom, there's flowers and there's a dinner, plan, whatever, right? That's that's romance to a guy. And uh, because we're men, that, that you know, compartmentalized brain, you know, you're not going to see that all the time. We can't live there. Just that, you know, it's just when things are done, when life is finished, when the week is planned, we're going to have space for this here, <laughs> you know, Friday, Saturday, somewhere like, yeah. you know, so there's, there's a specific space and time and place for that, that he's going to want to put, you know, time and energy into that as he wants to, sort of like connect with her because men connect emotionally through their bodies. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? Sexuality for us is how we actually kind of know a little bit about that. Emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would, <laughs> but not, a lot of people don't get that. Yeah. They don't understand that. Like, yeah. Every girl that I always, you know, like all they want to do is have sex. Well, there's a reason for that because yeah, right. for you, you need to feel connected to have sex. You need to feel connected emotionally to have sex for him. We need our bodies through sex and sensuality to connect to the, our emotions. So it's two yep. different mechanisms. It looks and sounds kind of piggish, but it's it's not when you understand it. You know, like, um, The flip side of that for the woman, and here's where I think a lot of women struggle, is to be receptive and mm-hmm. receive that overture that you just described of romance rather than having to orchestrate it herself or plan it herself or say, no, I don't want that. I want this. Or basically Mm. do whatever it is that it's not being in receptive mode. You're not receiving. Right. Absolutely. Like that's the part, like the, you know, to this day, and it's funny because I realized that I'm very typical, which is amazing to me because I always thought I was anything but typical. But as far as being male, I'm so typical with my wife. Right. The idea of like, and I, and again, this is, the research and, and all the data that men are constantly normal males are constantly trying to impress the loved ones, mm-hmm. their daughter, their wives. My, mm-hmm. I'm trying, always trying to impress my wife. I know you think you'd be done great. after you got her, right? But it doesn't it's work right, that way. No. Okay. So, you know, like yesterday she had this thing, she has this thing she has to get, you know, take care of every day as a girl stuff, whatever that is at the end of the day, she's tired and she keeps forgetting. So this is like just two days ago. So, I kind of set everything up 
for her. She doesn't have to like do anything. She could just like grab it and go yes. before going to bed type yes. thing. Yes. Like I prepped it up for her. Yes. She's not like, you know, now she's in bed going, oh, damn it, I forgot. So she has to get up and because uh, she, she won't do it. Right? So I like, and for no reason that knowing that she, that she, so I surprised her with that. Yeah. Right. It's oh my God. Huge, it's, Andre. Oh my God. It's you so know, great. It's my favorite I thing. I love I it. Like, I was like, but it, I knew it was going to have some yeah, of that effect, but yeah. I didn't know it was going to be that big even. Yes. But what was I doing? I was impressing you. Like, I'm thinking about you and I want this to be easy for well, you. And, and making it easier. It's all about the, yes. Like, it's all right? about making it easy. Anything my husband can do that's the smallest thing to take it off my plate. I mean, I cannot explain to you the significance of it. It's really right. fascinating. So- and so yeah. in that, like, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the king. I'm the hero. I'm the whole, the god, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then I, I'm, I surprised her and talk about impressing her. Like I had, no, like it was bigger than I thought. Like really, I was just thought it was cute. But like, <laughs> right. God, am I getting some mileage out of that, right? <laughs> so that response wants me to do it more. That response, yes. you know, that sort of respectfully sort of really gets at the base who I am and what I bring, and those things that I find, you know important but i didn't think it was that anyway so yeah. now i want to i want to do more i want to surprise her more i want to impress her more i want to be you know what i mean so that's the receiving and receptible receptive what yep. you just said is essential if you don't if you don't then it will stop like if i give you a gift and you go well thanks and right? then move on with your day it's like you didn't we'll do anything right. this, the, the, and i compare that to the compliments if i give you a compliment which is in my world as a male and all of us males are like this if i give you a compliment it's a little gift and if you go at ah, now, right? Like I can't give a girl a compliment. My wife sometimes like, "Oh, you look great." Oh no, I'm bloated. Yeah, I'm in a pimple right here. I mean, can you stop and just say thank you, yes. right? Because and that's what I mean she, by receiving. That's an example. Because right. if you don't receive, we'll stop. And when yeah. we stop, yeah. you're, you know, you'll, you'll like, it'll backfire. You'll pay some other way, and you lose all the goodies just because you're not open to receive. It's not that hard. Okay, this one is from Mar, M-A-R. I think that's a female, but I don't know. Um, What to say to a close friend or sister who's in her early 30s, who's not dating or married but wants to be, but unfortunately drinks the culture's Kool-Aid and wants to be independent or believes she doesn't need a man? I mean, the obvious is go read Suzanne Venker's books. But, (laughs) but But seriously, is it best not to get in these people's business? That's really oh. funny because I, I've kind of making a point for myself is to never offer anything that's not asked personally. Sure. So if, if, if somebody is struggling in my life and literally never asks my advice, I probably will never say a word. Now, right. the advantage there is because I do what I do, every, everybody <laughs> knows what I think. So it's really easy for me to be quiet. It must be harder for the person who does has a more of a regular job and then never speaks his or her mind. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Well... Walk me back again a little bit to the question. Like, how do you get oh. a thirty-year-old to like yeah. sort of be open and not buy the cold, the yes. Kool-Aid? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I want to say this: when you go independent, just that word, right? I want to be independent. That means you're going to handle and you believe that you you should and want to handle everything yourself. And what men pride themselves on an instinctual level, what men pride themselves in doing for women the most is to help. Help. If a get a guy doesn't feel helpful, he actually will find somewhere else to you know to help. Yes, right. Like it's a primary, like instinctual thing. So if you refuse his help because you're busy being independent and keep throwing it in the 
in everyone's face, men go, okay, can't help her. And then in, in that, they can't attach seriously. And it's the same thing you said earlier about being receptive, right? That's really what it is. So I think those are palatable arguments, meaning this person she's talking about, her friend, mm-hmm. I think uh, there's nothing particularly striking or, or political or anything about that. I mean, I think anybody can understand that. Right. So it's a good it's a good answer that's kind of low-key or, or more on the benign side that I think a person could understand. The, the issue then just becomes whether or not she asks, you know, versus, you know, interjecting in it. I don't know. Right, fair enough. I mean, I don't know what to say to that. She's, 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 whether or not to get into someone's business, I mean, like I said, I, I normally don't and I wait to be asked. But there might be a way you could fit it in kind of off the cuff when you're well, not and, asked. And- you know? And again, it falls to me that that opportunity, maybe, you know, sometimes without even telling what the, you know, what you, they should do, because you don't yeah. tell anybody what they should right, do. Right, exactly. But the idea of, you know, like, we know these things don't necessarily work, you know, like, if you feel like you don't need no man, well, okay, you'll never have a man. Like, you don't need no man. Like, like if you go around saying, I don't, I don't, I don't need a car, it'd be nice to have a car, but I don't need a car. You'll never get a car. You have to go need, you have to have a need for a car yes. to go get a car, right? Yeah. Anything else. So yeah. the idea of, so, but eventually, you know, like I said, you know, what's, what's going to all, what's the girl going to look like at the end? You know, like, careful what you buy into. Is it really what you want? Just a yeah, thought. Yeah, that's a good, that's good. I like that. I like that. Um, okay, this one is from Philip. You both have talked about how men are negatively affected by their moms when the reins aren't handed over to the dad to take the lead. Or how single mom households have the same issue because there's no father figure. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to those boys now that they are men in helping them not be continually seen and treated like a man child by their mom or moms by their moms. I guess he was talking about more than one. Yeah. One, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Woo. Yeah. Should I go? Yeah. You go. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of, this comes around me over and over and over and over, right? Like late la- that was like last month, one of my associate calls and she says, you know, my son is 28 years old and he's living in the basement, plays video games all day long. You know, um, I feel he should be doing something else, but I can't throw him out. What do you think I should do? And I came back, throw him out now. <laughs> I mean, duh. She's like, it seems so rude. Is he so mean? He's not. I go, God darn it! Like you know, let throw him, throw him out now. You're you're doing a disservice for him. As long as he's comfortable, he has to do nothing, accountable yep. for nothing. He's never gonna. You know, and the flip side is when I get into men's group and men's work, when all the guys that come in, the young millennial guys, you know, and 35 years old sometimes, but younger as well, like no confidence, can't look, can't look you in the eyes, have no idea who they are, take everything personally, or triggered by the smallest little, you know, like you know, microaggression from something that doesn't feel right, like completely like overfeminized. And really having no sense of who they are, exact opposite of your son and mine, mm-hmm. from never having to, to do it mm-hmm. and expect people to sort of like keep him comfortable or protected, you know, it's it's a it's a big it's a big mountain to climb, you know, at twenty something. Yeah, it's a, it is a big mountain to climb, and you, you'd almost have to. Um, I have a gentleman coming on next week who wrote an article called "How to Recover from a Controlling Mother." Mm. And um, it was same, very, same story. yeah, so same we're going to be talking with him and he sort of recovered from that. So maybe that question, Philip, if you're listening, uh, would be better 
for next week in terms of getting into more detail with with that gentleman because he he basically is the type of you know, he's that man who had to do that. Um, I'd like to say something about that. Yeah. Okay. If you don't mind, just because you know, just to kind of put a bow on that question, if he's listening, it won't be able to listen next week. But you know, there is there is ways like when the boys understand that they're you know can't compete, have no self esteem, can't get women attention can't block can't 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 and actually have the guts to kind of step out and go somebody help me right when they have that opening that's how i'd eat right this is when men's group is like start last and you pull them in and and all of a sudden you give them permission to push to fight to have an opinion to not take the crap to you know challenge themselves to figure out a plan and it's going to suck because you're uncomfortable that's the point mm-hmm. right then go and i got you and i'll help you and when you start call me and all of a sudden, the whole male support that they need that it didn't know was yeah. available because it never had that. Watch these guys bloom yeah. really quickly. I've no seen question. it. It's kind of fantastic. Yeah. So it's, it is very possible, but it's the ones that are really looking out for seeking the help and understand that they're miserable and sometimes straight up suicidal for their yeah. lack of yeah. everything and mojo and they feel useless. And when a man feels useless, it's actually dangerous. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think men's groups are, are they're 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 out there. They're popped up in a big way, and I think they can Everywhere. be incredibly powerful. Absolutely. Um, even if you have to drag them, sometimes you know. Yeah. When they wake, when they wake up, it's quite beautiful. It's really quite beautiful. Uh, this one is from Lee. If you've been vulnerable with someone for several years and they haven't, and you feel alone and defeated in the process, and ultimately your emotional walls build back up, is it possible to make an emotional connection after that? Which is kind of an interesting question because if, if because the the second part seems to be answered by the first because if you're if you've been vulnerable with someone for several years as she's wrote here and they haven't chances are they're not going to be I mean there's something there obviously that's keeping them from that so I don't know about being possible to make an emotional connection if you've built up walls because the other person presumably the walls never came down <laughs> so it seems like the sure. issue is a little bigger than. Than, than that yeah it needs some more details right yeah. i would have to dig into that a little bit however you know some women it's very interesting some women will take men's silence and their lack of wanting to share like you know the events of the day and the stuff that doesn't matter because it's at the end of the day and i want to talk about it type thing as emotional um not being vulnerable of, or yeah, valid yeah, yeah. you know what i mean and it's not that at all there's such a space there that's sort of misunderstood mm-hmm. that what you think is unvulnerable is really not knowing how to get to the place where there's actually interesting juice there for him as opposed to mundane talking about stuff that doesn't matter and that looks shallow and and you may be missing the point. So I'm just saying that I don't know if that's the case here, but I, yeah. I see that quite a bit. I mean, women think men aren't available, but what you pull at him with is not in- it's nothing that he's interested in that even works for him. There's other ways. That's all I'm saying. Do you think I've often thought this is my perspective of it from a female point of view, but um, I think that men are most at their most vulnerable after they've had sex. Absolutely. That's <laughs> so my question that, for you being a man, yes, would yes. you think that it's a red flag or a light bulb or whatever? If, after sex, they're not vulnerable. They're still not vulnerable. Would that be sort of an indicator? That would, that would, that would be weird. Yeah, I that think, would be yeah, weird. I think that would be weird. Yeah. Okay. 
I thought so too. I had one of my clients who's like, you know, he's so, the guy, he's so macho. He's so always working. I can't get an answer out of him more. Like, blah, 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 blah. I says, well, when do you ask him? And we kind of dismantled that. For her to come back a week, they're going, I got it. You're right. You're right. After sex, he'll say anything. He'll so, he'll tell now, me anything I want. Yeah. It's amazing. Right? And the goal isn't here and to it, be manipulative it, in any way. Like, okay, I'm going to ask for a gold or a, you know, diamond necklace after sex. <laughs> you know, it's just to recognize that that, in fact, it's more important that you're never, you know, taking advantage of that. But to use that, nothing, right. not even to use it, but to just to know that that's when you'll get the most out of him in terms that's of That's when the, he's emotionally yeah. available yeah. because he's wide open because that's how, that's what it's Right. Says. So that's you have these longstanding up, marriages that aren't, where they're sexless, which is where I come in because I get these marriages where the sex has fallen away. Yeah. And of course, it's very complicated because then you've got to get back to that vulnerable place. The only way to do that is through sex, but then the sex has fallen away. So... So nothing's happening. Yeah. 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 And he looks like he's misbehaving. Yes. Meanwhile, exactly. he's just not using the thing that actually, exactly. you know, bring him out. Exactly. Men connect through their bodies to their heart. You do the other way around. You have to connect to your heart to get to your bodies. <laughs> it's just yeah, backwards. Yeah, exactly. Um, a meme that I posted recently that got a lot of comments I thought you would be interested in hearing about, and you might have something to say about it. I said that women constantly evaluate their marriages and their husband's value. This is not something men do. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, I feel pretty strongly about that. And I think that's a sex difference. I don't think it's a bad person, good person. It's not like a, you know, you don't have to get mad about it. It's just, it just is. And I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. I think we talked about this before, right? Like for guys, you know, it's not like the woman necessarily has to be perfect or doesn't do anything wrong or stuff that annoys him or whatever is that, you can look at it and go, you know, that's that's she's just like that. Right? It's not a deal breaker. It's not horrible. Right? It's not like she's not emasculating him on the con- like, like, like that thing that she does. Right? That's annoying, but like whatever. Right? Like <laughs> she's amazing. Otherwise, like she exactly. gets me. Right? Big deal. But women, oh, women don't do that. Women, and I think it's actually wired in our cave woman thing, mm-hmm. right? That because you communicate differently, right? For you, there's always a meaning to something. Always. <laughs> right? So it's not what I said. is what do you think I meant by saying that. Absolutely. We don't do that. Oh, my God. So, right? So we don't see, like, anything that you say as what is behind this and what is she trying to tell me? Why it's would you such a nicer way to be. I'm so jealous. No, it's, it's an amazing thing, but that's a that's a big source of yeah. you know collision. Yeah, because I say something and my wife thinks what she's trying to tell me. I'm like, I just said it. <laughs> well, what do you mean by that? I've just said it. Are you trying to say? Yeah, I know. I just freaking said it. Then I'm getting mad. Then now the woman I get mad yes! because I said it oh three times. Now oh I get a, I hurt her feelings, and now she's yeah. angry because now obviously I'm hiding something. Because if I didn't hide something, I wouldn't be so crabby about it. Because she's asking something that I don't want to answer now. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. It's exhausting. It? Yes, it's right. exhausting, and so, so common. About, so common. Well, absolutely. Again, because we say what we mean, and you don't. And it's not because you know you mean to be like this and complicated. Is that? To a woman, direct communication is too direct, so you have to be sweet about it and go around the corner, around the corner. Yeah. By going around the corner, for you, becomes a communication through, like, any windows, you know, tone of voice, you know, around, like, sort of, like, you know, I say, it, every woman knows what you're saying, what you're saying these things, not one guy is really getting it. Right. So, 
it's to you, obviously every woman, so you think that that we get it. But anyway, so long story, right? This is how we, we collide. So within that, you know, and I think again, I think it's cave woman stuff. I think it's like ancestral uh, constantly being aware of what is going on here, what yeah. is going on here, what is going yeah. on here. Does he still like me? Is he still on my side? Is he still committed? Is he cheating? Is he cheating? Is he what's that? Is, is he? Oh wait, hold on. Now he's not. He said he was going to call, but he didn't call. What's he doing? Right. So yeah. there's always that awareness of what if, what if, what if, what if that is always on your radar for safety to see things yeah, coming. Safety. We don't have that. Right. We don't have that. So we don't think that way, but you can't help it. And the flip side of that is that men will, I've said this before, men will take longer to make a decision about who he's going to commit to for life, right? The, the joke is well, yeah. getting, getting him to the marriage table or whatever. But then once he's made that decision, that's it. I mean, they're not, not right. men aren't the ones vowing out of marriage in record, no. you know, record rates. That's that's women right. who do that. And that right. that has a lot to do with that statement that women constantly evaluate their marriages and their husband's value and women don't. They've made their decision. That's it. They just take the good right. with the bad. And women, of course, you have the issue of the culture too, teaching women that they should never settle and they should have the best right. and all that crap. Don't take his, don't take his crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. now you don't feel right. He's, yeah. you know, something about lifestyles change because this way right? that's not what i was promised and yes, you know right. like and guys will go with that yep. girls not, not so much, so much. Not okay so, much. so yeah that got a lot of um a lot of comments and a lot of attention and i you know I, that's how i one. kind of gauge I, I just gauge it based on how true it is <laughs> that's how i see when i see that i see truth and it's hit your button because you know it's true and you experienced it and so yeah. anyway that was that's interesting and then I'm going to end with this. You had sent me something that a woman had had a list of some some months ago, and I kept it, about different points that you and she had dealt with, with what's going on today with men and women. And I thought this one was really good, this statement she made, because I'm seeing it on my end all the time. And that is, a good woman has to wait to be chosen by a good man. She cannot take the lead or force it. This is the conundrum of the modern woman. Boom. Boom. And see Boom. that because every time I talk to young women about not being the pursuers, they're not wrong when they say, yeah, but yeah, but what are we going to do with the young men today who have been taught to take a step back and be passive and they are not pursuing. So if they're right. not pursuing and I'm not supposed to pursue, there's just a bunch of people sitting on either sides of the line and nobody's moving. Then what? Mm -hmm. So it's hmm. so I love the fact that this gal said this is the conundrum of the modern woman because it is it's true, it's but, true. But it can't you you still can't do it. <laughs> the answer it, is it not. Doesn't, to it doesn't work the other way anyway. No. So, so I get this. This is hysterical because you know life sometimes is just cruel. I think like he'll smack you in the face for like the stuff the work that I do right. I can't teach my own sister. That's just cruel. Like <laughs> like she just she will not. She will not like. How old she is she? Just won't. Uh, she's three years older than me, so she's, okay. she knows better. She just has decided for some reason that she knows better. Okay. And all like you know, two divorces, three kids, like you know, now alone in the world, and you know, like complaining that nobody gets her. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Anyway, I, but she refused to want to hear me. Like so, I it's cruel, right? Yeah. It's a really bad joke from God. I look up yeah. and I go, really? Yeah. That's just rude. That's just rude. <laughs> I have a, I help everybody else, but I can't help. But, okay. Anyway, so within that. <laughs> My, That's funny. My daughter, my daughter, who's aware of what I'm doing, you know, yep. listens to our conversation. Yep. I'm yep. always, you know, the podcast that I've done, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, again, millennial, she's 17 now. This is last year. She was 16. And this is a guy that she liked. And she's kind of tomboyish, which is 
also very cultural, right? Mm-hmm. They they look like boys. They wear boy shirts. You know, they ponytails, if anything, and blah blah. Anyway, we're no makeup. Doesn't want to make up. I don't can't be bothered. And at let one me point just I interject her, really quick that we do not have the same type of daughters that we do sons. <laughs> yeah. But she's coming around. I wish again, I wish my daughter I, would just throw up her hair with a t-shirt on, but she's the opposite. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. She's a girly girl. Oh my god. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Anyway, I don't know where it my, comes from. Mine is kind of. Mine is coming around to that slowly, but this is partly what happens. So, um, and she was like, we go out for dinner and, you know, my son is with this, this girlfriend, you know, I'm with my wife. And she's like, I, I'm the third wheel. I have nobody. I'm like, Renee, you just gotta, you know, you just gotta, you can't be one of the boys if you want the boys to pay attention to you. You yeah. have to become one of the girls. Yeah. Like you have to change team because right now you're in the boys team and it's cool because you have a lot of boy dudes that hang with you, but you're one of the dudes. So. There's nothing about you that's different or whatever. Different, yeah. right? You, they think it's cool that you're a chick like that, but you're, you're actually a chick. You're a chick. You're not a girl, right. right? Join the girl team. Anyway, interesting. So she's like, Dad, I don't think it works that way. You know, this is not like the old school. I'm like, honey, <laughs> yeah. I know you're 16. You know better, but that no, nothing has changed. Anyway, so she started wearing a little makeup. It was beautiful. She started wearing makeup to school, and then the girls are like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm trying to get a boyfriend. They're like, wow, okay. Anyway. The guy, the guy that she liked would not respond. The guy that she liked respond, what? Would not did not respond to her oh, looking okay. pretty, okay. To her standing there passively okay. to get in his space, okay. everything that was yeah. telling her to do, and be girly and feminine and all that stuff and nothing. So eventually, not telling me, she goes and puts a note on his car and says, "I really like you. Here's my phone number." <laughs> Ouch. And right. She yeah. doesn't tell me that. She doesn't okay. tell me that. Okay. Comes home a day or so later after that happened and face on the floor. Face on the floor. I'm like, what's going on? Nothing. <laughs> anyway, so she wouldn't tell me because she knew I was going to say, well. <laughs> what the hell did you do that for? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, uh, and I go, okay, like, I'm not going to judge you. Tell me what happened. And she put it on his car because she's trying to get his attention, but he wouldn't respond. And so he called her back and said, I got your note. I have to tell you I have a girlfriend. That's why he didn't respond. Ah. Now, either that or he was actually a gentleman and didn't want to say, I don't like you that way, right? Which is easier to say, if I'm not available because I have a girlfriend, it's easier to swallow. My point is, I understand that she wanted some action, but whether you go after the guy, you know, He's gonna. He has no choice but push back or lie to you about this. Like yeah. if he's not interested, yeah. right? Like, and if he goes for you, typically he thinks he's gonna have sex with you. You're gonna make it easier to do that, and you still end up, you know, like with very not not a dynamic where he thought you were cute, interesting. Then he goes after you. If he doesn't go after you because he has some kind of twinge and twinkle in his eyes about you he's going to take advantage of your sexuality your body because you make it available yeah easily because you're going after him so it's a bad dynamic yeah and bec- and, and of course the flip side to all that is you're just not going to have to go after the guy that's the quality guy the guy that's right for you you're not going to have to chase that's what i'm trying to say because well, he will yeah. find you he will find you yeah. when he wants you you will know it there is no if ands or buts he's gonna he's gonna go her right but but again you have to know with that looks like as well like yeah. so you know like looking like a tomboy it's really hard to like oh yeah sure well to right. think you know hey like, wow wow it's amazing no right so you have to again you know like back to that's stereotypes so and pe- people think you know that's such a horrible thing stereotypes well that's really how life works right that's the, the 
masculine and feminine plus masculine. I know, but they're they're young and they're supposed to retaliate and you know. I get do that. Their I get that. But I like, my point is, she got her feelings really, really yeah. hurt yeah. over that. You know, yeah. and I said he, he did not respond. He knew why he didn't respond. Yeah. Whatever reason is, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, you don't you don't need to get you know going after him can only be hurtful when you get that back in the face. Right. Right. Let the guy do what he's going to do. Yep. Don't go after the guy. No, never. He's got to pick you. I say this all the time. He's got to pick, pick you. And then you decide if he's good enough for you. There but you he go. He has to pick you first. Let's leave on that note. Say that again. <clears throat> he's got to pick you. And then you decide as a woman if he's good enough for you. Bingo. Love it. But you can't make anything happen unless he decides. No, you can't. Okay. We're going to we're gonna end it there. We're going to have to end it there. Okay. Um, <laughs> Even Always though I know we could you. go on and on. But thanks, Andre. Yeah. And um, take care and in these crazy times. And we'll hopefully ah. see you sooner rather than later. For sure. Awesome. Anytime at all, Dottie. Thanks, Andre. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. When you got married, things were perfect. You were both in love and life was good. Then somewhere along the line, everything changed. She changed. Or maybe he did. Either which way, now your relationship feels, well, hard. I coach husbands and wives who feel lonely, disrespected, or misunderstood in their relationship. So many women today are desperate for their husbands to step up to the plate, to make a decision and to stick to it, to lead rather than to follow. Ladies, you have the power to make it happen. Men respond best to women who are grounded in their feminine core. As for husbands, so many of them want their wives to stop nagging and to just trust them, to smile more and to complain less, to look at them the way they did when they were first dating. Men, you have the power to make it happen. Women respond best to men who are grounded in their masculine core. The secret to lasting love rests in the masculine-feminine dance. Once you master it, your relationship will no longer be difficult. You'll be moving with the biological tide rather than against it. And that makes marriage smooth sailing. If you're struggling in your relationship, if you feel frustrated or alone, I can help. Just go to SuzanneBanker.com, that's S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-V-E-N-K-E-R.com, and click on the coaching button at the top. Don't wait another minute to acquire the mindset you need to find love and to sustain it. It's so much easier than you think. That's SuzanneVenker.com. And that ends this hour of The Suzanne Venker Show. Don't forget to tune in next week when we talk to Graham Stoney, who wrote a powerful and important article entitled How to Recover from a Controlling Mother. Finally, please consider sharing The Suzanne Venker Podcast with a friend or family member you think would enjoy it. Shoot them a text or an email with a link to a specific episode you enjoyed. Word of mouth is the primary way podcasts grow. I also want to remind you that if you're looking for marriage or relationship coaching, go to SuzanneBanker.com and click on the coaching button at the top. And if you have a question or comment for me, you can email me at Suzanne at the Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.